you always focus on the art of the possible and being able to socialize and design means critical thinking and don't lose sight of critical thinking and getting in and really working the problems that's going to produce an output. It may be a successful failure output, but you got output and data points. So do that with a team you trust, you enjoy being around and come talk to me and let's, let's get it to market. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I love it. The art of the possible. Just stop it. The run of the mill, cheesy humdrum bullshit status quo just tires me out. What fascinates me are the industry disruptors, the superhuman frontiersmen or women with errors in their backs who go through hell to achieve their goals. They'll go through anything to make it. They bathe in hell and high water, a cut above. They're intolerant to mediocrity, the status quo, and yet they're the nicest people you'll ever meet. This is Disruption Interruption. Join me as we meet and learn from those mavericks, rebels, and business leaders that aren't afraid to piss off the establishment in order to make radical change for good. This show is sponsored by Johto PR, the disruptive anti-PR firm that murders your competition with cinder blocks and cyanide. Welcome back, everybody, to Disruption Interruption. I'm your host, KJ, and we're here today to talk to another industry leader that has steered off the lame, tired path of the status quo. Today's guest is a data disruptor. Ooh. (laughs) He's got over 20 years experience in operations and logistics systems management. Lots of other stuff I could rattle off, but supporting both military and commercial organization. He was a former Marine Corps logistics officer, implementing operations and logistics systems, supporting both military and then commercial enterprises. He's an all things analytics kind of guy. We're talking to him today because he's using data analytics to further collegiate esports. All right, what's esports? Esports is so cool. It turns online gaming into a spectator sport. It mimics the experience of watching a professional sporting event, except instead of watching a physical event, spectators watch video gamers compete against each other. So what is the status quo of esports? We're going to get that into that today. But it is nonconformity to standardized rules and who is managing and owning that data. Now, sounds complicated, but I know the key word is who owns the data. And there's a tsunami of it. And yes, this is a big problem. And we're going to find out why today. And our guest says his firm can use analytics to solve these problems. Coming to us live from Washington, D.C., please welcome our woo. <laughs> please welcome our disruptor, founder and president of Kena, Rob Cranston. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. KJ, hi. hi. I couldn't wait for this. I love this. <laughs> this is so fun. I'm such a data nerd. And, you know, I have a connection of networks to these young, collegiate and, you know, out of college professionals, right, that are really into esports. So this is such a growing, like, industry. But before we get into that, what's your, like, fundamental main ingredient for disruptive innovation for you? For me, is finding the systemic problem. So if you find that problem in that problem statement, then you can apply that perhaps what's called disruption, but really you're solving the problem with that disruption of tools. 
or tools that that they can be applied to the disruption itself. So really getting at the actual problem, not the symptoms, but the systemic problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So engineerical. Yeah. Well, I mean, trained as a business professional, trained as a logistician, logistician being the logistics, big L, like warehousing, distribution, transportation, being part of those networks. The data side to that, where you're building neural networks and the world of mathematical computations, which is applied to what becomes problem sets, is really the cool part of what we do. And our team, which is just, oh, they're awesome. I mean, they are so good at what they do across software development, analytics, applied analytics, logistics operations, all bundled into what we have as a brand. And that brand's powered by Kane Analytics. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. You give a shout out to your team. Well, talking about logistics, really logistics didn't get attention or interesting or sexy until COVID. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, all of a sudden they're like, what's a supply, a supply chain? I cannot get my Amazon order. I'm going to go nuts. Holy shit, it said 48 hours, but I got it 82. (laughs) It's not even that. I do remember when we were doing press conferences during COVID and we had, you know, hundreds of people on with the media and companies were saying, I can't get my hardware to put my staff on remote workforce. Like I can't like, and that's really where supply chain and logistics got humongous right and then the mm-hmm. trucking shortage and mm-hmm. you know this and that but this is something that runs the world and when you look at the again the, you just mentioned the, the shortages and problem sets inside that that particular legit supply chain is the backbone of logistics it's the movement of things right across multimodal type of assets and man when you don't have enough of those And those demand spikes then have that pressure on those systems and those requirements. It just creates chaos. And the people that, and like us, who have been in those different vertical markets within, I mean, they are really, really attuned to making sure the client, us consumers, understand. And I think this is where the awareness in COVID of supply chain disruption is happening, like the awareness of what's happening has become more broadcasted. So people understand, oh, those trucks were up. Well, that's because they had a driver shortage and the driver shortage is because they can only go eight hours and then they have to rest. It's almost like flight planning for pilots too, right? Disruption. Yeah, Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. It's funny that you mentioned that because today truckers are technologists, not Mm -hmm. your the older male that was driving trucks today. It's millennials, it's technologists. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, they use a lot of technology. Those trucks are very technologically advanced. And it is very interesting that you mentioned that. Yeah, I mean, KJ, it's whether it's a in that industry or it's in the world of being just in applied new technology to that platform, right? A truck, a train, a warehouse, a distribution network. Those folks who have to understand how that works have to be trained, right, too. But they're doing it offline. They're doing it in ways that are really more accessible, if you will, which is cool. Yeah. And you mentioned it that of a, you know, an airplane pilot or flight logistics and so forth. I mean, it's really that technical that they have to like know this particular yeah. data and people don't yeah. realize that. So you guys have been solving these big problems for years with data because 
data is power. The more data you have, but the way it is that you can, can be transparent and organized and, you know, seeing opportunities and barriers helps with this issue if I'm going to dumb it down so much. And really, there's types of data that's being managed. And really, the cost of data in the last several years, yeah, let's say the last decade or so, the cost of a company that wants to go to a next level of sophistication with managing their data, the cost of doing that really comes in, in where's our data stored and cleaning and cleansing that data, right? And making sure that data is really customizable for internal folks that are going to use it, doesn't matter what, and making sure, again, that that data is, is realized and it's really good data. It's it's not bad data. Right. Well, that's a great segue into esports. Yeah. Because yeah. first of all, esports is growing. I don't know if people know this, but 2020 it was a $90 billion industry. 2022 is 180 billion. I don't know if you know the stats of where it's going. Yeah. So you're right. So gaming, which you mentioned, gaming, the big broad brushstroke of gaming, that could be, you know, online betting, that can be in that environment. That's a huge commodity, huge customer commodity inside the gaming. Esports represents north of about two to three billion dollars of that larger segment of what uh, is so the those gaming. are stats yeah. of gaming. Right, right. Those are stats of gaming. And then esports represents a small percentage right. of that. It's still not a chump change, right? No, 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 no. And it's you said it, the KGAR compound annual growth rate on that is going to be, you know, at 20, 30, almost 50 times as we go forward because of the continued interest in so many different markets is what esports provides. So let's talk about this about data because mm -hmm. most people don't even think about that, but there's this non-conformity to standardized rules and who's managing and owning those data sets. Let's really break it down for the audience. What kind of data how come you need it? Like, how come somebody needs to own it? How come it needs to be standardized? What's the problem with it? Start. Yeah. So here's the deal. So we, and we've kind of broad brushed to talk about this in the past a little bit. And so we got to start back at where esports in itself, the purpose, the, the definition of what an esports trajectory of information is providing. And inside that, the gaming sets of software that's it's really the the publishers and and the software developers of those products right so no one's going to disrupt that that's owned ip that's there so we're not going to take an esports a, a particular product and reset that so esports has no barriers for entry right now so in other words like all the sports sports have a commissioning body and pro sports and ncaa that regulates and manages the the requirements for that sports to conform to the sports uh, standard operating procedures and what you're you know what you have as a finished product of people playing inside that environment well esports doesn't have that so in other words the variation of different types of games that are being played in different tournaments and different pro league down to you know different types of sets of leagues is it's very, anybody can enter. There's no qualification, qualified. Some of the tournaments are qualifiers because it's run and it's managed by a team, right? And we've done that several times that make sure that the teams are justified and they have qualified members. So now what does that do? Well, that sets this kind of wild rapid ride inside an environment where there's not control over data that comes in or is being used inside that 
team and that that individual that's playing the game. And that's where we really are interested and continue to be to build upon that profile of information that's coming out of a, of a tournament where, you know, that data can help that team understand why it won or lost or individual. Okay. That makes sense. So we're talking in the subset of esports, collegiate esports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Collegiate. I mean, you know, you've got the pro level in the scholastic, really high school collegiate, then now even filtering down into into grade school. No joke. No joke. It's really cool. And a lot of nonprofits are being that we've worked with or are working with are really good. They're careful about creating those environments that are safe. So esports, the disruption there is creating a safe environment. The disruption right now is that we don't have it. The disruptor is like, okay, we need to create a safe environment. Women in gaming, you talk about attacks inside environments of gaming, it's horrid. So Jack Murray, who's one of our painters, who's running our esports market, brilliant. He has really created an environment for us to follow up, a market environment for us. And, and uh, but we have, we built charters. So he's helped with building this charter. And, you know, part of that is this whole discovery of making sure that the environment of esports is safe and people want to continue to grow in that. And by the way, KJ, esports isn't just gaming, it's graphics design, it's software development, it's the strategic development of a product market, marketing business. So you have all these skill sets that the academic, the scholastic environment's like, oh, this is great because we can really get people, kids interested in a trajectory and track for future work uh, environment. Wow. I have no idea. It's almost going to grow exponentially like the metaverse, right? Yeah, right. So tell me more about this safe environment. What is not safe now? Like you mentioned women in gaming getting attacked, but what else is not safe and how is data going to be able to help this? Yeah, that's a great question because you have to define what safe is and isn't. Anybody can go into an environment where they are online gaming. They can go into a space where, you know, they want to compete. What monitoring and what is the convention of ensuring that there's some type of regulatory oversight of that is not happening. Like who can enter, like qualifications, like yeah. I mean, and that's that's the barrier for everybody. Anybody can, right? So and, and but again, if it's a controlled league play, then there is control, general control over who can and who is qualified to play. Like in most sports and all sports. Like in most sports. Yeah. 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 Actually, yeah. Good. So who can enter? What else makes it an unsafe environment right now? Well, the unknown of which what becomes well predatory. There's a predatory environment inside some of these spaces. And that's where the risk, I think, for young teen, both male and female, it doesn't matter. So there's a predatory environment. That, that probably is one of the high, it's probably the biggest, I say, cautionary tale or risk inside these open gaming platforms. Yeah. So this is really becoming an issue, right? It is. It is. And again, how do you create the safe narrative. And again, back to that comment that I made about, you know, young professionals, kids becoming young professionals need to have a place where maybe there's a recruitment platform, a space that's safe for them to get into an environment where their skill sets of being a gamer can be um, either in the college world, which we now have curricula being, which is incredible. We've got several partners we work with that are working on different curricula that tie in 
you know, those STEM type of skill sets, but it's actually a gaming esports type of degree. You know, that is so cool. And just as an aside, we don't have enough women in STEM. And I talked to several women in STEM who say it starts at the lower levels. We don't have enough girls going into the STEM curriculum, right? This is a great avenue. Isn't it? For them. They would love that. But KJ, why? Why is, I mean, I've got a, an 18 or going to college next year. And, you know, it's that interest early on. And I mentioned my daughter. I just, in general, I'm saying that, you know, the, the early on, there's this acumen of, oh, that's appeal, right? Catch them early, right? right? I mean, this is a great avenue for them to like. Absolutely. Like make it fun, make it creative. It's sexy. It's, it's sexy. I say sexy because it becomes sexy because sports analytics and the world of what that was and is today is driving decision-making. And if you can drive decision-making early on in our young youth, and they're able to be confident with that decision-making, that is so important for the foundational tools for us to be a successful nation in general, in my estimation. So true. We're solving the problem. Right? We got it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we we, we did that. We did the right thing. Good, good, good. (laughs) So we have this wild, wild west in esports, collegiate esports, and the data is not being harnessed, but it sounds to me that there's no standardization, really. That goes back to what is something that we're interested, we, Kana, and the team, and with whether that's the leagues, carball leagues, to the academics, like I mentioned, scholastic directors of esports type of labs. What we want to be able to do is bring that group together eventually. And again, this goes into the disruption piece, right? How do we really, as a as a body, create that safe space for governing rules. And that can turn into win-win for a lot of different organizations. But like I mentioned, going back to um, publishers and, and video game developers, you got to bring them into the, have to bring them into that discussion and be part of that, which they are, don't get me wrong, but collaboratively across different types of capability sets in esports, if you will. It makes total sense. Yeah. So. I have a question on this as far as like, you know, no standardization of data. This is an area that I know venture capital is very interested in, right? No, and no venture. But look at this. I mean, they they rely off of data. They do. Right? They do. And they have to really look for growth for their ROI. How do they do that if there's no data standardization? Is that applied to, let's say, their venture, that group or that individual organization or that cap stack? Yeah. How do they normalize their returns or how do they create valuations without? Valuation, bingo. That's the like. So that's what's interesting. So venture goes back to that space of, and I'm part of two venture capital groups, which are great. They're, and this is professional development for me. But it also, you realize how important the cost of working capital against the growth of a line of a product, just a SaaS product or a data product, a product in general. So you're right, Katie, the valuation, those multiples aren't going to be actualized until we have a normalized type of trajectory. You said $2 billion plus dollars is going to compound growth. But where is that sales originating? Where in that is that is that? Oh, you're you're doing software development as a 
subcontractor to a publisher? Is that, you know, are you creating a new product from ground? So those are, you know, that DevOps to MVP and beyond. The MVP and beyond is what I'm really interested in as an investor. I need to know what's your maintenance costs and what you think is going to be in a 12-month forward-leaning timeframe. Like truly, how are you getting to market? How do you use your channels of sales? Right? And I think a lot of folks out there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we have this lack of standardization of data not really being harnessed. So it's creating these particular issues across the board, safe environments, no barrier to entry, predatory risks, (laughs) right? You know, the ability to scale it and help kids as they're like, you know, going through this, like Mm -hmm. get valuable feedback as to how they're doing and how these leagues are doing and, you know, improving their skill sets and, and then all the way to investments, right? Yeah. I mean, this is like, across the board affects so many dynamics of our lives, right? It, it does. Kids' futures and the mm-hmm. future of esports and, you know, the industry itself and venture capital and making it safe. How is Kana, like, how are you guys solving this? I know it's one bite at a time of the elephant, right? But yeah. how are you solving it? And, and what does that look like in the next few years? And, and as data starts to get standardized? So it, it's really the, the trajectory is confidence in what's being learned and taught. And again, the scholastic curricula. And quite frankly, KJ, that goes in lines with manufacturing. That goes in line, you know, the new, this groundswell of what becomes operational or advanced energy concepts and development and microgrid EV infrastructure, places where we're involved with as well. And really, it goes back to how does that pipeline really buy in. This really gets to the next generation, truly next generation buy in that they're doing and we're doing something that has purpose behind it, that has purposeful plans of making a a, a better environment, making for a better, safer place to imply build technology into esports in this case. Yeah, it's, it's going to, in my mind, no doubt start with those directors inside those academic curricula at the college level that are really going to be part of the next generation of growth. And then companies like us who have these analytics, a analytics powered by Canaan platform that you say, okay, let's build that data set or data set of planning around some of that different courseware, applied analytics, right? That goes into every single market. It doesn't matter where you're at. Logistics, every single language goes into every, when I say I need a truck, well, that means I need a truck. It's a function of logistics. Well, that doesn't have any other connotation, maybe. But gradually, you become inside the narrative of lexicon consistent. And that starts, I think, at the scholastic, you know, young ages. But we're so rapid fire that we got to be careful with spreading into different environments, maybe, that have lexicon that they go into different meanings and now you're like confused. Like, what the hell does that mean? You know? And so where can, are you starting? So we're starting with trade groups. I mean, trade associations, nonprofits that are really building upon, like we mentioned before, whether that's STEM in trade associations as well, it's, hey, it's collectively bringing regional and national and global type of minds together across those functions within esports. Again, whether that's an analytics mind, a software developer, graphics design, bringing those folks together. To me, that's where it will continue to help. Interesting. And what is the 
right now as you're working on this, what's the number one thing that you guys are tackling first? The number one thing we're tackling is making sure we get it right. It being our own intelligent analytics platform of how that is going to create a return on investment for example, a director who's at a college say, hey, I need to bake in analytics assumptions into my esports platform. It's almost kind of <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, when you build a software package, right? You go through the idealization phase and you're thinking about you get all these different inputs, right? And so it's racking and stacking the priority of those inputs. It's really market driven. It's customer driven that in the future, and I think a lot of folks know this, hey, you got to make sure that the demand of the customer or consumer is baked into what that need is going to be and then forecast that in the future. And so how big is like esports in the college area? You know, that's a great, so, so it's not very big. It's, it, so there, are, I'm going to say, and this changes quarterly because what you have is kind of the periphery colleges, periphery being that, hey, yeah, cool, we got it. I've been to a couple of conferences. I'm, I'm interested in building a curriculum. There are about 25 to 30 or so colleges that they currently have an actual courseware and minor or major in the uh, esports. No uh, shit. Yeah, isn't that cool? So it's great. And that's going to, that's only going to, and it's coming out of sports market. That's only going to exponentially increase. I oh, mean, the yeah. fan base of colleges and, you know. Yes. I mean, sports marketing, it's, so it's, it, it kind of sports analytics, marketing, you've got a lot of those type of across the board type of, you know, baccalaureates. But when you get into, you know, the next phase of what, the, the second assistant, that analytics, like applied analytics, you know, minor, major, well, okay, esports now, it's kind of this, boom, you mash up business to software development, to IT configuration again into this platform that now is a cool offering. Amazing. I know, right? It's That's what makes America exciting. so great. Isn't it? <laughs> it's, yeah, because yeah, we do shit like this. Yeah, right? and then other countries, you know, they'll take our IP and rebrand it and all that bullshit. <laughs> so we got to protect ourselves. <laughs> You know what we're talking about, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So tell me a little bit about Rob. So I know you were in the Marine Corps. Yeah. Is it Semper Fi? Semper Fidelis. Always. Yes. Yeah. Faithful. Yeah. <laughs> Always faithful. Yeah. Which actually, I, I got to tell you, it is really, really, you watch kind of what's going on with, you know, PTSD. And, and I'm not just talking, just any generation that's been in the military or has been seen conflict or has been part of something that's part of a bigger fight, right? Our Marine Corps has really done a great job of getting its arms wrapped around, you know, the PTSD and the, and the current type of issues that come with that. Yeah, That's great. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of Marines. I was on a board of directors one time for veterans in this area. We're in a big veteran area, right? And yeah. Always loved the Marines. And I have to say, we we're speaking about marketing. I have to say that the Marines have the best PR and marketing campaign ever. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants to be a Marine. We're in back in the day, you guys were like the the black sheep, like early on. I didn't even know you guys were part of the Navy. The what? Aren't you guys part what? of the Navy? Wait. I, <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're, we're right. a, de a department of, but yes. Right. But you guys have like <laughs> that whole public right. image. Yeah. Like everybody wants to be a Marine. If I, if I was going to go into the military, I'd be a Marine. 
<laughs> what do you do outside of Cana now? You're a former Marine. You have Cana. You're like nerdy analytics kind of guy. Like, what are your crazy passions that you do outside of that? Well, I triathlon has been always something that I aspire to try to do. <laughs> what I, I'm going to, what I'm doing 25 years of like trying to make sure. So um, selfishly, that's a, a place I just did, did stand shape. You know, of recent, yeah, reading. I love reading these kind of new publications and, and books that are out there that that really talk zero to one is one. We got the innovation strategy, which is another. We got you know just kind of big, but just how the world is configuring technology right now post COVID, even. So I've enjoyed. That's that. what you do outside. You like. Well, I mean, yeah, I look at. That. I mean, just kind of figure that, and, then, and I'm like, okay, well, how can Kena create something that drives our? I know it drives my. The leadership team we have are just incredible. They are, and I'm going to put. They are the best in the world, and I'll see something in the market that see something like, for example, electrification and EV infrastructure, right? You know, you'll see something out there like, because I, I do, I have an EV, I have a all electric vehicle and I'm like, oh my gosh, holy shit. I just went to an, in the city of DC waiting for an hour for a level three charger. How do we solve that problem, right? You're talking about disruption. Holy That's God. a data problem right there. Well, I get me going on that, but that becomes <laughs> like, yes. And it's because the software that's actually in some of the systems are charging stations that is inaccurate or it just has anomalies and it's just not well built. You're correct. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> but those are the wow. things that are fun, right? I mean, those are the stuff that, you know, the, the stuff, the, you know, being part the of powers training. powers you. Yeah. And I love being, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, helping out and mentoring some other, you know, startups. And, and you know, that's another thing that I would say is always Great. And I've been on other parties where I'm like, hey, you know, the one thing you want to focus on is really building the structure inside your organization. You can do a lot of bootstrap stuff and people can wear a lot of hats, but just go back to the core of getting it right. It being your own way of how your processes inside your organization are going to work. And beyond that, not here, but beyond that, saying, hey, how is that going to grow? It's a tough piece for any company in growth. It is a tough piece. Yeah. I'm like, Fully, fully invested in that. It is a very tough piece. Okay, so how do people get a hold of you? They want to talk about esports and data. And- www.canallc.com. Kana is C-A-N-A. C-A-N-A-L-L-C.com. There you can go and check out what we're doing and what we have as offerings, what we have as markets, and then email me directly, rcranston at canallc.com. Love to chat with anybody out there on the frontier that's emerging in the esports community or other markets we're in. I can mention electrification and energy infrastructure to uh, just broad logistics. So, um, yeah. That's great. And then also LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Because that's how you and I met. Yeah, we did. We did. And that's a great platform, right? And by the way, we do have that Can- like you know, Cana Connection podcast that I, I host with Koa Beam and a couple others. Tell us about the Cana Connection podcast. Yeah, it's cool. So we said, you know, let's find a platform for us to be 
us being kind of friendly with the markets we're in and friendly being those that come on our show, the intent is for that individual to reach their market, their, their network. But it's all around data, data analytics. Like, yeah, it is. It is. But, but it also broad, it goes into other kind of venues of, of stuff of, you know. Data goes into all venues right? of stuff. Uh, yeah. 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 So, Are they all data nerds like you? I'm not a data nerd. I'm a wannabe. I'm a data nerd. I'm a wannabe. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I, I try to be. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> We got some, but we recently Jack, Murray, I met Jack, Jack set I was gonna up. I say a whole, Jack's a data nerd. Yeah, well, he's got esports. He's got. We've had, I think, gosh, at least a half a dozen folks in different environments of esports. So please go check those out on Kind of Connection. They're really great. We've got an IP lawyer from esports to one of the uh, the leading women carbo. Actually, she's one of leading women esports advocates across the board. Just great. I mean, just. Good stuff. Good content. Awesome. And before we go today, is there anything you want to leave our listeners with as far as like a motto, a tidbit of advice, something to take away that they never knew before that could either help them or give them a better idea of esports or anything? What would it be? You always focus on the art of the possible and being able to socialize and design means critical thinking. And don't lose sight of critical thinking and getting in and really working the problems. That's going to produce an output. It may be a successful failure output, but you got output and data points. So do that with a team you trust, you enjoy being around, and come talk to me and let's let's get it to market. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I love it. The art of the possible. Yeah. Believe in yourself, believe in yourself and confidence. We need that in this country. We are an awesome place to incubate, to design, to create living labs that really accelerate our, not just our products, but our our people. You're exactly right. That's what makes America great. It really is. Booyah and simplify. Good stuff, KJ. Hoorah. That's a wrap, everyone. If you learned something today or laughed with Rob and I, tell someone about this podcast and tell people to go disrupt their markets with a tidbit from this show. Thanks for listening to Disruption Interruption, where we transform lives, change consumer behavior, alter economics, and never accept the status quo. Ciao for now. Because we live in a highly litigious society with America being one of the top litigious countries in the world, here's our legal disclaimer. This advice is not intended to be a substitute for professional public relations or legal advice. Do not disregard seeking professional legal health care or financial advice or delay seeking professional PR or legal advice because of something you have heard here. Contact an attorney to obtain advice on any particular legal issue or problem. Use of this podcast or our website or any of its social media or email links. Do not create an agency client relationship between Joto PR and the user.